You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got some bad news to start off this episode. Uh, idle hands, man. Very surprising from this morning regarding Richard Sherman. Uh, but the plan for today is, after that, we're going to talk about those ESPN rankings that have been dropping Jeremy Fowler. It's not Jeremy Fowler's opinion. It's the opinion of folks that he has interviewed around the league, coaches and players and scouts. And we're going to look at some of the offensive skill position guys, maybe quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, running backs, and those kind of groups in the top tens and, and see how we feel about it. Maybe some snubs on those lists and maybe if our list would look different if we disagree with those folks around the league. And I like this list, Matt, because it's more of a – it's like uh, you can really tell the league feels about players more so than just one guy's opinion, right? Right, absolutely. And you know, the history of this is friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Mike Sando, used to do this with ESPN. All his contacts around the league, mm-hmm. he gets votes, he accumulates them, and now Mike works for the Athletic. And Jeremy Fowler, coincidentally, was the Steelers beat reporter for ESPN. He got bumped up to Sando's job. I know Jeremy pretty well. Um, when we would go away to Steelers training camp, he would he lived two door, dorm rooms down. So I was always seeing him in the halls and bars and all those type of things. But he's continuing the tradition in this time of year. He's going around the league and getting votes. So it's, it's a good list. What what city is the uh, is that uh, the Steelers camp in? Latrobe, Latrobe. PA. That's right, Arnie Latrobe. Palmer's hometown. It's about hour and a half east of pittsburgh okay. not the middle of nowhere but not too far off either. so there's probably just the one bar that everybody goes to that you just see everybody sharkies. okay <laughs> everybody goes to sharkies yes <laughs> sharkies i like <laughs> to be a fly on the wall in sharkies uh yeah uh, actually, if you're a fan that's a place to be in the evenings you'll see just about everybody around you know that'd be a fun episode the next time you're on vacation is i go talk to beat reporters and folks from the steelers and i get old matt williamson stories and you're there not you here go. to defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could go a couple ways. Yeah, Latrobe, Latrobe, PA Chronicles. Um, <laughs> let's uh, so f- some bad news first here, and this one's this one shocks me to be honest with you. Um, this from Joe Fan, who covers the Seattle Seahawks, and that's where Richard Sherman still lives in C- the Seattle area. And there's been talks that maybe he would sign with the Seahawks, maybe back with the 49ers, but currently a free agent. Cornerback Richard Sherman has been booked for burglary, domestic violence. And has his bail has been denied. So that happened early this morning, about 6 a.m. this morning, West Coast time. And that is a name I did not expect to see in this sort of news cycle. I expected Richard Sherman's name to pop up in the news cycle as he got he signed with the team right before the beginning of training camp. So uh, this is a story that, that surprised me quite a bit. And I don't know exactly what the burglary domestic violence charges. I've never really heard of that burglary burglary along with domestic violence. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm sure there will be a lot more to this story. Yeah. And he's probably the best free agent available just in terms of as a football player, doesn't have any kind of history like this as far as I know, and very smart guy outspoken, but smart. Rarely do you see veterans that have been around the league as long as him get in this kind of trouble. Usually that's a, young kid, you know, type of deal this time of year. And we talked about a lot this time of year. Unfortunately, been, probably will get a few more of these, but it's been a little quiet on the 
um, bad boyfront, you know, before camp. But usually this is the time people get in trouble. Hopefully it's, you know, not true. I don't know. I'm just reading headlines like everybody else. But and I don't know anything about the law, but it sure sounds like denying bail is not a ring endorsement for his innocence. That's all I could, I mean, that's just my hunch. Yeah. And fan goes on to say that there's a, there is a designation that says INV. And apparently that's investigated as a felony. So this is a serious charge mm, as of okay. right now for Richard Sherman. And yeah, the, the type of guy I didn't think to see his name in this sort of a deal. There's been the Barkevious Mingo story that's been going on for a little bit. That's a, that he's been arrested on uh, sexual, like child sex charges like this. That, it's a really bad story there. He was released mm. by the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Mingo's lawyer is, is mad at the Falcons for releasing him because, of course, they're they're going to maintain his innocence. But this is an event that happened a couple of years ago, uh, apparently. And so he was just arrested. Now, Barkevious Mingo was for sexual assault of a child. That's a terrible story. There was Frank Clark had an Uzi in his car. He could do three years in prison for that situation. So some serious charges being thrown around for some veterans usually it's someone gets arrested in a nightclub who's 22 years old you know right, a younger right. player but these are some serious charges for veteran players around the league this offseason without question and just to keep it to football because i'm not overlooking there's victims here and all that type of thing obviously but this is bad timing i mean i can't see any of those three particularly sherman that just happened getting cleared super soon you know i mean now mingo and sherman are free agents is anyone calling up those agents as we speak saying, Hey, we want to bring your guy in. Or if there were talks, is it get back to me when this blows over or if it does blow over and you know, are you going to bring him in, you know, halfway through the season and at his age, could that be the end of him? You know I mean? Could he be done playing football? I mean, I think it's a possibility. I mean, just initial reaction. Absolutely. The fact that he was still a free agent means teams weren't beating out down his door when free agency began. Um, he probably wants more than teams were willing to offer him. And Richard Sherman is his own agent here. So that's another yeah. thing is he represents himself. Um, um, you kept hearing he wanted to stay on the West Coast, too, which yeah. obviously narrows down the suitors. So he, you would think that maybe it was potential for him maybe not to sign it all anyway, although I think he would have. But now I can't imagine a team if they had an offer on the table that's been pulled right and I can't imagine a team knocking down his door right now and if this happened earlier in the offseason he would have a few months to figure this out and then a team be comfortable with it signing him before camp now uh there's a lot that has to be figured out even before the season and, and training camp's less than two weeks away now right right 100 I mean I'm not saying he was cocky but in a as of yesterday he held some cards he could sit back and say I got money in the bank there's probably a couple teams talking to me. Maybe this, this both his former teams, Seattle and San Fran, as you mentioned. And now all of a sudden, maybe he turned down some offers over the last months and said, wow, I should have taken something because now I'm in no man's land. I'm out on this island and no one might call me again. Mingo's not getting a contract. Sherman is not anytime no. soon. And Frank Clark's is already under contract, which helps his cause. But the league could also step in here. I mean, he's got a felony gun charge and I think he had two gun arrests within a short period of time uh, this offseason as well so frank clark might not see clark the field should yet. have been on the hot seat for what he's making to begin with though yes. i mean he is very expensive and i think the chiefs are rolling it back one more year with him just to try to win the whole thing and there aren't people like frank clark on the street to go get but i thought his seat was getting warm before this mingo everyone talks about as 
man, what a bad pick he was by the Browns early in a top 10 pick, which is true, but he actually is a really good special teamer. I mean, that's not living up to top 10 pick status, but he has value to a football team. That's like why he keeps team, getting but. jobs because I've been guilty of that looking at Barkevis Mingo. I was like, why, how, why are teams still signing that guy? He can't rush yeah. the passer. That's his job, right? But, yeah, there's that uh, that third phase of the game that a lot of people forget about. And uh, special teams, you can find yourself a little career and carve out a, um, a role, especially if you're a cheap free agent as Mingo is now and not that top 10 pick that everyone right. thinks about as a, as a big time bust. But yeah, Frank no, Clark was not going to see the end of his contract with how much money he was making with the chiefs and, and their cap situation. So uh, maybe that just gets accelerated now and, and they're going to have one less pass rusher this year. Yeah, it's a possibility. And they were kind of, like you said, they were putting those eggs in that basket. And I felt like those eggs were a little fragile to begin with because his plays dropped a little bit and they're so much invested in the guy I mean, with the contracts they have, the Mahomes and Chris Jones and obviously the other stars, he's not living up to it compared to his you know, teammates that are making big bucks. Right. Now they have so much invested in the O-line, too, you know. So three stories that, unfortunately, we had to talk about here and that you hate that they exist. Uh, we'll see how those shake out legally and what the league does to step in with any of those guys. But as of now, do not expect Richard Sherman Barkevious Mango or Frank Clark on the field anytime soon for uh, any teams in the NFL. No Deshaun Watson news. I, I thought we'd have a little more answers by now. Well, that's another huge one. It's, it's almost it's easy to even forget because it's been so long since there's been anything with that story. I guess the league waiting for those lawyers to figure out whatever negotiations seem to be happening there behind the scene. And the league is just so absurd about some of those things. And, you know, they're really good in, in one aspect of controlling what People talk about they want to dictate what the news cycles are. They want to hide news like that when there's other stuff going on and they don't want a month before training camp being, oh, Deshaun Watson news when there's no other news and stuff going on. So, look, the league is smart when it comes to those things and doesn't help the teams at all when they need to figure out what's going on. But the league wants to dictate what the news cycles are and they've got all the big events and uh, maybe once camp is going, they could slip that in there. But obviously... The Texans need to know what's going on, and I'm sure the fans would like to know what the heck's going on with potentially a player where they own his jersey. And what's crazy about that story, the legal process looked like this public thing and then just stopped. Don't know what's going on with that anymore. But we do have this to talk about. We know how the NFL feels about players and how they are ranked. Wide receivers, running backs, maybe quarterbacks too coming up. I'd like to take a moment here to tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And then when I say all your sports, everything Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, playoffs, super fun, even more fun when you've got a little bit of extra action on those games UFC, MMA, celebrity boxing, golf, everything you could imagine betting on, they've got available, they've got lines on it. At Bet Online, you've got some futures bets when it comes to NFL teams. Over under win totals on your favorite team, rookie of the year, MVP, and Super Bowl champion. So uh, before you do anything else, head over to Bet Online, your laptop, mobile device, your desktop computer. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit using promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Well, I've got wide receivers pulled up first here. What do you say? We start with wide receivers. And again, this is from ESPN. It's not Jeremy Fowler's opinions. He is interviewing coaches and scouts and players and execs around the NFL, 50-plus, to make this list. And this is how it turns out for wide receivers with the number one spot going to Green Bay Packers receiver, Devontae Adams. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Number three, Stephon Diggs. Number four, Tyreek Hill. Number five, still at his ripe old age of 32, now playing with the new franchise, the Tennessee Titans, Julio Jones. What are your thoughts there on the top five, Matt? First of all, a little teaser, we have a wide receiver expert guest coming on mm-hmm. tomorrow. So this is kind of relevant, too. We'll bring up some of these names. Maybe we'll reference our young wide receiver draft we had a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of questions I have for him. I'm not going to tell you the name. That'll be a surprise, but we have him lined up for tomorrow. Top five you mentioned here. I did a list not long ago, and I had Tyreek one, but it was a difficult conversation. And my logic just was he's scarier than the other ones mentioned here. You know, I mean, he can change the game in, in a heartbeat. I don't really have any qualms with that list, though. I mean, I'm not sure I'd do Hopkins two. I mean, his body works awesome. I just thought Diggs had a better year. I would put Hill ahead of him. Jones at five still, I guess I'm cool with. I mean, because when he's right, he's awesome. And, um, you know, for I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I can't qualm with the, I have too many qualms with those top five. Adams, pro, Adams and Diggs to me had the best years last year. I'm not saying Adams is a product of Rodgers. He isn't. He's a phenomenal player. But usually whoever the best receiver is in the league, I'm kind of stumbling on my words here a little bit. Like in, in, in the last 10, 15 years, if you said, who's the best receiver in football, it was often Julio, AB, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, maybe Larry and Devonte Adams to me. And, and this was true last year. Michael Thomas would have been one. Those guys don't quite stack up in the freak level as some of the, most recent best receivers in the league. You know what I mean? I I completely understand what you're saying there. And I think one of the things that happens with these types of lists, and sometimes I think people in the league may be too close to the fire, and especially sometimes players get it really wrong, is they're they're a year late on on giving accolades to folks. And and guys that are arrived and ready to ball, they don't get their due until a year late, a couple years late. And you see it with Pro Bowl stuff a lot. And so I, I think that's one of the things that I see with a lot of these ESPN lists is like, okay. And like, like, so number six is Keenan Allen, still playing at a high level. And all those guys in the top five playing at a super high level. Sure, uh, sure. So you, you know, no qualms about it. But that's that's kind of the thing with the wide receiver list is you can put this in almost any order. You got um, Keenan Allen six to finish out the top ten. Mike's, Mike Evans seven. Michael Thomas is eight. DK Metcalf nine. And A.J. Brown, 10. Then there's some honorable mentions in there. Calvin Ridley and, and Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham, uh, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry. So um, Jarvis Landry, first of all, like, you know, name value, but I wouldn't put him even in an honorable mention. Like, uh, he's he is what he is. But I wouldn't <laughs> That's the first thing I was going to say. It's as like, a top man, receiver in him? the NFL. But I would even put guys like, and I like that D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown are on this list, but... I don't know that I would bet on most of the guys in the top eight above them being better starting in 2021. Are we looking backwards? Or are we looking at this year? Like who's the who's going to be the better in the next game that is played? 
Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, again, I was going to say the exact same thing of who mentions Jarvis Landry as a top 10 receiver. He's a good player, but he's not a top 10 receiver in any yeah. way, shape, or form. And I'm not sure Cooper Cup is either. You know, I mean, they're okay. Um, the name on the honorable mention list that would have been in my top 10 is Allen Robinson. I mean, I guess he wasn't too far off, but I think he's a top 10 receiver. And a couple of those guys you mentioned, I think he's better right now. And to your point, though, about like DK and AJ Brown, you know, are they better at football right now, maybe, than Julio or Keenan Allen or some of these aging players? Um, you know, I think you could also include Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson. I mean, I know it's been one year, but Justin Jefferson's legit. I mean, he was our first pick going forward, which is a different exercise. But don't, you know, especially at these positions, don't tell me, you know, Oh, he's only done it one year. Like, I don't want to hear that. I mean, he's a star. <laughs> right. Some people could argue Chris Godwin is actually the best Tampa wide receiver. He's better. He's mm-hmm. an honorable mention, better than number eight on this list in or number seven in Mike Evans. I've heard that argued multiple times, actually. Um, I'm not sure if I buy that necessarily, but, you know, that's that's an argument that could be made. I agree. Allen Robinson, the, the, the level he's still playing and, you know, still in his 20s. What he's doing, um, he could absolutely be on this list over some guys. So I don't know. It's interesting. This, it, it's a, it's an odd group at the top because it is. I don't know if you would like Julio is a perfect example. Number five, yeah, but is he going to play seventeen games? You know, and right, like right. At, at the age of thirty-two, he still dominates. But man, I, it's, it's just really hard. Like what? I just I probably wouldn't draft him in the top five, you know, just because even if, just based on playing this year, 2021, I wouldn't I put my money on other guys that are ascending being better than Julio Jones this year. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys on here that got dinged a little bit for getting injured last year. You mentioned Godwin. He, he had a, an injury filled season. Um, Thomas in New Orleans was the perfect example. He played hurt the entire year. He was one last year, and I think he went to like seven or eight. But we didn't think Julio, and he's older than those guys. Um, and then the last one I bring up kind of in that vein is Odell. I think he he was the hardest guy for me to rank when I did my top 25. Part of me thinks, man, I'm taking that guy in the fifth or sixth round of my fantasy league because I remember how awesome he was. And I'm going to talk to him, uh, talk to our guest tomorrow about Odell. But would you be buying on Odell? I mean, is do you think he's going to be a top ten guy on this list next year? Might he be on your fantasy team this year? Are you on on board with him? Yeah, I, I think there's a, plenty of talent there too. Yeah. And even if he's lost a step, he's dealt with so many injuries, and that's the thing is, what is the new, what is the new ceiling Norm. for? Yeah. Odell Beckham, because it's not going to be the ceiling of the guy we saw, you know, in New York. I just I don't think that's ever going to come back. And with all the games he's missed, but you're getting the discount on top of it and you could get top five, 10, top five production out of him, at least for short stretches. So for that reason, yes, I think Odell would be on my fantasy teams because the discount is built in and you've got yeah. somebody who could potentially blow up for you. So absolutely. Yeah, I think he's a, a buy low right now, and it wouldn't shock me if he is um, you know, on the top 10 list next year. He's capable still. But I'm glad he's not in the top 10 and he's only an honorable mention, and I think that's where he should be on this list because obviously we've seen him play and we know who it, what he could potentially be, but the best ability is availability. you got to be on the field. you got to be able to do it, and we just haven't seen that Odell for quite a while now. No, I mean really in a Browns uniform. Right, yeah. And we may never see it again. That's the scary part. 
Yeah. And I'm not saying his heart's not in it. He may bounce back huge, but you know, he's got a lot of off the field stuff and his brand. And, you know, I mean, I, I wondered for a while there is football as important to him as it is other people. I, I don't know. It's the most important thing that exists. We, we talked about it when we looked back at the 2019 wide receiver draft class, right? The most important thing is how you're wired up top, how bad do you want it? How hard are you willing to work? There's so many other factors, but that's, the most important thing when we're talking about how amazingly athletic all these guys are. Yeah. I mean, it separates, uh, I mean, the the whole beauty pageant's gorgeous, but I mean, it it separates the top ones when when the heart and the effort is Mm -hmm. there. Let's get into the running backs list. ESPN's top 10 running backs in the NFL, according to league execs and coaches and players and scouts next. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You know what I've learned about Built Bars, and you hear me say it probably all the time on this podcast, there's no bad time for a Built Bar. One of the best times is a road trip. Have one in your little bag. Have one in your glove box, whatever. It's a perfect snack. You have a long commute. Maybe you skip breakfast. Maybe you you skip lunch. You need a snack, and you can feel good about it, and it tastes great. High in protein, low in sugar. That is the snack you want to grab. And you can grab a box of Built Bars from Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Nine original flavors like cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter is my favorite, cookies and creams really good, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, salted caramel, coconut, and they're always filtering in specialty flavors. So go to built.com and find out what kind of new flavors they've got for you. You can buy a box of one flavor or do a mix and match. Even great for keto diets if you're trying to maintain, lose weight, only four or five grams of net carbs. So amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You can't go wrong with a Built Bar if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Number one, I don't think it should be a surprise, and I think he deserves this top spot, and that is Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans with what he's done. Um, I The stat that blows my mind is that he had the most yards after contact in the NFL the last two years, and those after contact yards are more than anybody else had rushing yards over the last <laughs> <Right>. two seasons. <laughs> I mean, that's what Derrick Henry's doing right now, and he's doing things in a different – it's like he's playing in a different era. Like this is – we're talking about a guy who would be like league MVP – 20 years ago and especially 30 years ago um 
Alvin Kamara, number two on this list. I didn't think he'd be quite that high, but well thought of around the NFL. Dalvin Cook, three. Nick Chubb, four. And Christian McCaffrey, five. Any qualms about that top five, Matt? I thought Christian McCaffrey was going to come in, too, pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the same as my top five. I was a little harder on Henry because of the lack of production in the passing game. And, and I think him and Chubb are similar. You have to put Henry ahead of Chubb, though, but I both think they are you know, 1980s running backs. And, you know, we talked about uh, the wide receiver top of the list. You know, there wasn't a real freak, you know, a Calvin Johnson. Well, there certainly is on this list. I mean, in a way, Derrick Henry's kind of Jim Brown. You know, I mean, he's as big as the people on the defensive line to some degree, and he's faster than all of them. And the after contact stuff is crazy. Led the league in rushing two years in a row. I mean, his case to be number one is really high, although I didn't have him there when I did the list just because I think passing game is king, you know, and, and his style of running wouldn't be for everyone, but he's unbelievably freaky. So, I mean, I'm not going to quibble with it one bit. Kamara over McCaffrey to me was a little curious and maybe it's just an out of sight, out of mind thing with McCaffrey, but to Kamara's credit, like go grab his, his stats. I mean, they're the same every year. He catches like 83 passes every year. You know, he has about the same number of touchdowns, the same. I mean, his production every year since he's been in the league is like exactly the same. Peyton uses him perfectly. I've thought for a while now he's the engine of the Saints offense and Breeze needed Kamara more than Kamara needed Breeze. So I, I can't quibble with any of these in the top five, but a little low on McCaffrey, but the injury I'm sure had something to do with it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Derrick Henry's never caught 20 passes in a season, yet Kamara's getting it's amazing exactly 81 catches three years in a row and then 83 so yeah it's nuts i mean it's exactly the same every year it's it is pretty amazing consistency and um yeah a a fun player to watch and two couldn't be two different style of running backs there it's it's weird that they even play the same position we talk about one and two here derrick henry and alvin Kamara. all right so we've got chubb four mccaffrey five number six saquon barkley in my opinion a little high there real quick okay because we even talked about barkley I'm a little worried about him. I mean, if you read the headlines, I mean, he got injured. I think it was week one or week two. I knew it was against the Steelers, but it was very, very early in the year last year. So I've just assumed, oh, he'll be fine. You know, he, everyone just takes medicine for credit, you know, for, for granted nowadays. You know, it's like, oh, he got injured. He blew out his knee. He'll be fine. All the reports are they're a little worried about him. So I know we're getting camps right around the corner. I'm sure he won't play a snap in the preseason. I, I hate to say this, but I wonder if his career is going to go down of, as a big what if. You know, like, man, he was the most talented guy I've ever seen, but he only played, you know, 80 career games in 10 seasons and was always hobbled and wasn't quite the same. And I don't want to say Kajana Carter, but I mean, something like that, where what he could have been. I hope not. Right. Absolutely. And I don't think he's produced at a level that should be considered uh, uh, over even some of the guys behind him on this list and and knowing what he's dealing with with his injury currently. Um, I think I think the the finer details of because physically he's a freak of nature, the way he can catch, the way he can run, uh, top speed, elusiveness and all those things. But I think he's lacked a little bit in um, just like vision for lack of a better term. And that can mean a lot of different things, but you know, kind of bounced a lot outside and his athleticism is where he made his money and he can't make up for a lack of athleticism. If he doesn't come back with this with other savviness, uh, you know, savvy 
features as a running back. I think that's that's kind of what I'm worried about with him because if he loses a step, that he loses a lot and maybe more so than some of the other older running backs on this list that could still be really good for a long time. That might be tough for Barkley to get over because he's, I don't want to say coasted, but his calling card has been pure athleticism. He's more athletic than you, period. That's how he wins. If he doesn't have that, how's he going to win? I think that's well said. I mean, especially at Penn State, but it's certainly translated here that running back coaches don't show his tape to the their kids, you know what I mean, or to high school kids, because that's not the way you're supposed to do it. He's gotten by with being the most talented player on the field. Uh, you know, he'll not the Barry Sanders level, but will, um, you know, bump things outside or take the risk and he can get to the corner where others can't. So, and oh, by the way, he's not great in protection, which is bothersome to me because by this time in, in his um, physical makeup, if you worked reasonably hard at it, you'd be fine in protection. And he still isn't that, that it's kind of a green uh, red flag for me as well in terms of doing the little things to being a great running back. And even if he's 90 percent of the physical freak he was, he's got to learn to Frank Gore it out a little bit and get the tough yards, you know. Right, and he could still be good, but he's not going to be a guy yeah. you're talking about on this list, and that's that's the big difference. He there. worries me a little bit. I, I don't like the news hearing about this injury. Interesting one here, and somewhat like Odell, but Zeke Elliott would have yeah. been a guy who's one or two or three on this list for most of his career. He's down at around seven right now. Knowing what I know about the injury of Saquon Barkley, I would definitely take Zeke today. And one AFC defensive coach said, and he was quoting in, quoted in this article, said, they need to give Zeke some of Dak's money. He scares you the most on that offense. I think that might be going a little bit too far. But, I don't agree with that. Um, but. <laughs> Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott, even at his current level, which is you know second contract level, which is why you don't give running backs their second contract. Um, I would take Zeke Elliott this season over Saquon with the unknown, just because I you know what you're going to get with Zeke, and he could age a little bit more gracefully than someone like Saquon. <sighs> I disagree a little bit because I thought he was very unimpressive last year. I, I didn't see much of a burst. I don't know that he was in tip-top shape. But, boy, once Dak went down, his surroundings were so poor. I mean, people don't talk. everyone talks about Dak's injury. Their entire offensive line was shot last year, too. And without Dak in the game, the whole world's keying on Zeke Elliott. So uh, I, I think it's a very pivotal season for him. It was last year the beginning of the end. Or was it just awful circumstances? And so I'm on the fence with him. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm using my sixth or seventh pick in the first round fantasy pick on, on Elliott or not. I'm, I'm really torn right now. I have a feeling you like the next two guys maybe even more than Zeke Elliott, who came in at number seven. Number eight is Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers. Nine, Joe Mixon from the Bengals. And ten here is Josh Jacobs from the Raiders. I was happy to see Jacob's name here. I mean, a lot of this is, you know, fantasy correlation because of these positions. But you can get Josh Jacobs like in the fifth round of your fantasy drafts now. And I know he doesn't catch the football. I mean, that's 100% true. And this is one of the craziest stats I've ever heard is guess how many targets Josh, Jacob ha Josh Jacobs has in his career on third down? Oh, I have a feeling it's going to be way too low. It's one. <laughs> wow <laughs> it's one you know like this guy was a pretty good receiver at Bama, and they don't use him in that capacity at all i mean on early downs yeah they'll swing it to him here and there but he's off the field all the time and third third downs i think he's better than that you know like i think he's a hammer a really good running back 
I wish he was, I don't think he's been used all that properly. They've always had another guy. Now they bring in Drake. So I was kind of happy to see and surprised, to be honest with you, to see his name in the top 10. That was his, that was the whole selling point on Josh Jacobs as a first round all, running right. back is that he can help you out on third downs and he's a three down running back. And yeah, that part of his game has not been utilized at all with the Raiders. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, with all respect to Jalen Richard and some of these third down backs they've had, to me, that's like using McKissick instead of Antonio Gibson on third down or, you know, using Geo instead of Mixon on third down. Like these, the guys that can do it all, they're 230 and can catch the football. You love them on third down, you know, against small defenses. I think it's pretty telling the state of running backs in the NFL that it was kind of hard for these executives that were pulled here and coaches to find 10 that they felt strongly about. And there's only four names listed in the honorable mention. That's Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Miles Sanders. So a couple of the other second-year running backs, J.K. Dobbins and... Um, acres acres right uh, maybe yeah. should be considered in that group as well but it just goes to show you how quickly guys fall off at that position in the nfl and how uh little teams are relying on the impact of running backs around the nfl so many committee backs but here's a quote about jonathan taylor from an afc scout who said quote he'll be a top five back by the end of the season watch him in the second half of last year he's coming and i 100 agree with that i mean he was a dominant player for a month and a half or so uh, caught more passes than I expected, but I don't think that will continue. Phillip Rivers is the dump off the running back king. I think Naheem Hines will be the third down back. But Taylor has shown that he's a more capable receiver than I expected without question. Um, I thought he might be a little Leonard Fournette-ish, but I think he's you know, more well-rounded than him. Um, I think he'll definitely be in the top 10 next year. He has breakaway speed, power, great instincts and vision. Really good young player, and he's probably going to be the foundation of that offense, I would imagine. Very Nick Chubb-like, I think, in my opinion. So he could be in, yeah, in that yeah. sort of a, a mold going forward here. We'll see what kind of a year he has in year two. But yeah, man, uh, after the top five running backs, and and even there's some injury concerns with those guys, it's uh, it falls off pretty quickly. You don't build your team around running backs anymore in the NFL. Right. And I just think their, their lifespan's so much shorter. There's no Julio or... Even the Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas that have done it for four or five years in a row. I mean, Zeke Elliott's on this list, but we're talking about is he done or not? You know, like their their shelf life is just so much shorter that I'm sure if you look back when Sando did these lists too, year after year, this has to be the position where there's the most turnover year to year. Like I would fully expect at least one rookie, you know, Najee or ATN or one of those guys to crack this list next year. I'd be shocked if Akers isn't on there. I mean, could a Swift or uh, Edward Zolaire, we already talked about Taylor. Some of these young guys could go very high on the list. I mean, so uh, I, I think there's a chance for great turnover, and which means that someone's, some of the guys on the list now won't be there. Who is that? I mean, is Derrick Henry going to hit a cliff? He's number one. We already talked about Elliott. He could hit a cliff. It's just the nature of the business. Zeke's only 25 years old. I know, it's crazy. They've got ages listed here. It's nuts. He's only one year older than Saquon Barkley. The oldest running back on this list is number one, Derrick Henry. He's 27. Wow, wow. Which is a little scary considering his punishment, but he might be a unicorn. I mean, there's no, I don't remember anyone like him, to be honest with you. I mean, Barkley's one injury away from not being on this list again. That's wild, man. I, I can't believe the Zeke one is, is crazy. I mean, he's a bigger yeah, guy, so you could tell he might grow out of being super athletic 
But he's only 25. That's like the age that wide receivers break out half the time. If he bounces back, which is certainly possible, I mean, that line, if they're healthy, Tyron Smith, I mean, there's there's going to be hard to crowd the box against that team too. And by all accounts, he's in better shape now than last year. But every year we read that about people, and I half believe it all the time because that's just what you read this time of year. I mean, he if he puts three years together like he did to start his year, I mean, you talk about Kamara consistency, Elliott's consistency with the exception of last year, is remarkable. I mean, he's an easy Hall of Famer if he just does it at two or three more years. I mean, at his age, it's very very possible. Here you go. Only one, including honorable mentions, only one running back on this list is 27 years old. That's number one, Derrick Henry. On the wide receiver list, every wide receiver in the top eight is 27 or older. Wow. That's very interesting. Tight ends hasn't been published yet, but they're going to be very old. You know, right. I mean, Kelsey's oh, yeah. well over 30 and, you know, obviously quarterbacks, but they're a different beast. But right. and just goes to show you on running backs. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's even skews further than I already thought. And I expected that. And it's even blowing my mind when I'm looking at this right now. That might be an interesting thing just to do a quick study on is not that these lists are gospel, but if we took all these lists, how much I'm sure running backs are younger than any position, including all of defense, but by how much is it like an average of two and a half years per player? I mean, it might be that extreme. Uh, it's, it's even more extreme, I think, <laughs> just, just based on the wide right. receivers and the running backs here because um, – Every position is going to have a couple old dudes. I mean, Brady's obviously the right. super exception. Oh, yeah, the quarterbacks will be the oldest. The tight ends will be old. Uh, offensive linemen will be pretty old, be old. Yeah, because usually it takes a while to get the, the notoriety, notoriety on the offensive line anyway. But um, I mean, there's still the Whitworths of the world out there. Yeah. And, I mean, Trent Williams isn't young, and he's in probably number one on the list. I would say so. The average, the top ten wide receivers, DK and AJ Brown, at nine and ten, take it down a little bit because they're twenty three and twenty four years old. But even with them, because that's how old the running backs are anyway. Yeah. Twenty eight, yeah. twenty seven, twenty nine, thirty two, twenty seven, twenty seven, twenty nine, twenty eight. Those are the years of hmm. the all top on receivers. second contract. They're, third, I, they average three years older than the running backs. I think. Just wow. doing some quick That's a huge gap. math. And oh, by the way, the college ranks have just flooded the NFL with awesome wide receivers, too. So it's not like, oh, uh, there hasn't been very many good ones coming in. What's been an amazing group of guys coming in. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. All right, good stuff. That's fun. Uh, we'll talk quarterbacks. We'll talk some of the other position groups as well in this ESPN list as we get close to training camp. Any other news happening? We've got a fantastic guest. You definitely want to listen tomorrow. We will get deep into wide receivers with Matt Harmon. Reception, yeah. perception. I love the way he looks at wide receivers, and I've got a ton of great questions for him. It's going to be hard to even keep that show within a half hour. We've got some more guests from around our network talking about specific teams. A ton to get to as we get closer and closer to the 2021 season daily. Right here, Peacock. How about this, dude? One week from now, I will be at Steeler Training Camp. Yes. One week. Latrobe, PA. I can't wait. Well, it's going to be at Heinz Field. Sharkies. Camp will be open today, one week from now. How about that? What is Sharkies going to do without you, man? Oh, it's two years in a row without Sharkies. Ugh, that's a bad. All right. Well, at Heinz Field, where 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 where's the go to bar then near Heinz Field for all you guys? My living room. <laughs> <laughs> the commute's too short. Yeah, that's the genius though of going away to camp because you can't go back to your living room. Right. We all go to the dorms. I mean, it's yeah. That's the that's the heartbreaker of it all. All right. Fantastic.
We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Peacock and Williamson.